Hi, uh, today I'm here with Tatiana Marzola, and Tatiana has been involved with companies Energy was just in its infancy. And now she's the head of growth and strategy at ClickUp, which if you're not familiar with it, is a comprehensive project management software. And ClickUp is super fascinating because it started as a product-led company. And it's also a tool that can be so many different things to people. So just even before we were uh, jumped on here, we were talking about just how hard it can be to onboard new users. And so today I just want to dig into that a little bit more. So Tatiana, welcome. And I just want to start off by just getting an overview of what your role is in onboarding in a product-led company like ClickUp and how your team is structured. Yeah, absolutely. So ClickUp is definitely very different from my previous experiences. Before I was at ServiceNow and MongoDB, and those are traditional enterprise businesses that broke through oh, in, in ServiceNow case, try to break through the PLG motion and MongoDB was pretty successful and you know pretty well-known success story when it comes to that transition. With ClickUp, it's um, a motion in the opposite direction. So going from PLG to upmarket, there are definitely a lot of similarities and differences. So with this product, which there's a little bit of a consumer flavor to it. We do experience really high volume of demand and our acquisition is pretty much bottoms up. So hence our team, growth team, we try to break the sales as much as possible. So we don't think about, oh, this is marketing, this is product. We try to create this cohesive strategy and execution. So our growth team essentially includes marketing and product growth. So that was a decision made at some point. And chief uh, growth officer, who is my manager, pretty much runs this, this team. We also, in the process of building the bridge between the self-serve motion and sales organization. So demand generation, which is traditionally like a B2B enterprise marketing function, also will sit with our team. So our team is pretty large, a lot of different micro teams within the team, but the ultimate goal is to break the silos within growth team and drive cohesion and build the bridge with the sales organization. Okay. Awesome. So how does the onboarding, how is that structured within your growth team? So onboarding is primarily focused on self-serve motion, but as we're building out the sales motion, we also start incorporating some of those elements as well to inform where the users are in terms of their journey, at what point sales need to get involved. So our onboarding evolves as product evolves and as a business evolves. But in terms of who actually owns the onboarding, it comes down to product growth and email marketing. Those are sort of the main functions that drive that experience. Oh, and so the email marketing team, that's also part of the growth team? Yep. Okay. And what do they focus on specifically? So within the email marketing team, we have people who focused on onboarding, but they also build nurtures that help with activation, retention, address and churn. We also have a separate or it's it's relatively at early stages, but separate team that focuses on demand generation nurture, or the mm-hmm. traditional nurture to support sales motion. So there are different flavors within the um, yeah. team. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. And just in terms of, you mentioned how you're trying to keep everyone in a cohesive space so that they're not always, like all siloed against each other. So, and you did mention that you had kind of a bigger team. So I'm just curious, how do you meet and how do you kind of all talk to each other to make sure that you are actually, you know, driving towards that same goal? Yeah. So I would say a couple of things. Team is fairly large. So we try to develop sort of high level communication processes and try to streamline as much as possible. Because if, if it's a large team, you can easily create a lot of noise and it's really difficult to follow who does what. So we do have a very regular sync on a weekly basis where growth leads share sort of their priorities, what they're working on, what they're learning from their respective initiatives. So everybody has sort of a visibility and understanding how they support each other. But also it depends on the project and focus area. We sometimes develop squads. So for example, for onboarding, we know this is five, six people that continuously touch that and this ultimately affect that metric. So these squads develop their own sort of way to communicate. It could be weekly meetings, could be tasks, ongoing tasks where they just continuously share the updates. And in terms of actual alignment, what I find really helpful is just to have one owner or what we call driver. So you can have a lot of people who will support you in this journey, but ultimately you should have one single driver who will be ultimately responsible for moving that metric. Okay. And that driver, is that someone who's like one driver from the email marketing team, one driver from the growth team? Like, you know, yeah. how many drivers, I guess, do you have? And yeah. are they all going towards the same metric? Or yeah, I would just love to hear a little bit more about how that's structured specifically. Yeah. So for onboarding, we do have one owner and this person, it's a PM growth PM. She sits within product growth organization. And obviously she works very closely with email marketing team. So email marketing and creative would be like a supporting squad, supporting team. They will be also responsible to move that metric, but they will be more like on the supporting function. And growth PM will ultimately drive the experience and vision for the onboarding. So that's specifically in foreign boarding, but there could be different variations of the same structure depends on the, on the project and stage of the funnel. Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. And then how do your, because you are working as a cohesive team, is there like one metric that you're all working towards or do you all have separate metrics that are kind of on your own just to, to yep. keep it separate? For specifically foreign boarding, and obviously Mata will apply probably to other projects than funnels as well. But specifically for onboarding, we do have one activation metric we're trying to move. So this metric, obviously, again, driver owns this, monitors this metric very closely, making sure like we stay, if other ups and downs, we know what's the driver behind that. A couple of notes on this one. You know, as product evolves, as we learn more about the users and who signs up, why they're here, we go back and rethink our metric. Is it the right one to optimize? For example, activation used to be a relatively complex metric. It included a lot of different actions. Over time, we learned maybe it's not the best way to measure activation based on 
the users we acquired based on what they're doing product. So we really simplified it. And then that ended up being very simple. So we're in the process of doing user research and try to really nail what it means for ClickUp because ClickUp does have a lot of different use cases, individual, personal use cases, and then teams, small teams and really large ones. So we try to find the right one that makes for us in terms of the where we are in terms of product maturity and in terms of the users we want to acquire. So we're definitely continuously going back and rethink that. And secondly, when we optimize for, for that specific metric, we also think about a trade-off metric as well. You sometimes can move activation dramatically, but it may affect your retention metric. So we continuously sort of look at the trade-off metric, making sure we don't compromise just by moving activation. So that's what our pretty much growth PM defines and tracks and reports on. And then supporting squad, for example, email will be monitoring the email metrics, but those are not going to be the primary ones. Primary is still the same one across the board. Okay. Okay. So there's like primary metric and then there's secondary metrics that mm-hmm. also support that primary metric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems like to be pretty common amongst product-led companies in terms of how you are measuring success as a team. Do you have like a mission statement or a, you know, one goal that you have across the whole team? Do you have some sort of, yeah, like a statement that stays how you measure success? Yeah, so our success, I mean, everything rolls up back to companies' goals and self-serve business goals and sales goals. So that's sort of their ultimate North Star. And we go through traditional sort of OKR planning. So it's a process for sure. So we've been refining this process because so many people, so many different functions that have their own way and processes, how they run things. But ultimately we default back to traditional OKR process and everything goes back and rolls up to like self-serve goals and sales goals. And we want to make sure we stay focused on those. Yeah, awesome. And I just also want to circle back to just like, you know, you you talked a lot about always continuously going back and relooking at your metric and making sure that it's something that is still relevant to your team. Like how often do you look at those metrics? Is it three months? Is it six months? I know product-led companies move really fast and they do a lot of experiments that, you know, always kind of like question whether or not you're going in the right direction. So I I was just curious whether or not you have like a specific cadence that you always, you know, review that those sort of um, metrics. Yeah, so I would say my observation, because I'm still relatively new to ClickUp, it's definitely not a weekly exercise. So you definitely want to get some consistency because some of these experiments take you know weeks and months to actually drive. So if your metric changes so frequently and doesn't match experimentation cycles, it doesn't really make much sense. So I would say typically when we go back and we think that if there is some sort of a you know a new insight that came through either one of the experiments or one of the sort of cool feedback from sales or customer success, because we also try to get closer to front lines and people who actually have a direct connection with customers and prospects. So once we start hearing some of the consistent sort of feedback and 
that seeing that through the data as well, that's when usually this discussions emerge and we start rethinking, are we doing, are we focusing on the right metric? Or sometimes, uh, like for example, in the second cycle, when we start talking about it is when we simplified our activation, we noticed that it doesn't matter what sort of experiments we're running, our retention is kind of stays the same. So we start thinking then, you know, how is it really, do we have the right definition? So we need to, we went back to the whiteboard and team initiated some of the user research interviews. And so I would say maybe once in six months, maybe, but it has to be really mm-hmm. strong reason why I want to go back and do that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for sure. And You know, do you, obviously, like you are a project management software. (laughs) So I'm just curious as to like how you manage your processes as a team. Like, is it ClickUp has like, you know, every single, let's say like onboarding has its own own section. Is that kind of how you guys structure your internal processes as well? Because that is a huge question that product-led companies like deal with in terms of, you know, how do you internally manage these like experiments and products when you're all trying to like move fast in the same direction and you are working together, but you also have, you know, those separate goals as separate teams? Yeah, that's definitely work in progress. First of all, we do use ClickUp internally. So everything pretty much is in ClickUp. And it's true that the individual teams have their sort of own ways to develop their workflows. So you definitely see that's happening. But for some of the sort of bigger initiatives like onboarding, any product experimentation, any really big cross-functional things, we try to drive visibility through continuous repetition and sharing these learnings and sort of sharing the same tasks and tech people. So it's almost like uh, we sometimes go extra mile. We're sharing all the Slack channels multiple times at times. Yeah. And then if, uh, you know, if it's a specific project where people collaborate, they sometimes just uh, make an exception and work outside of their normal process and everybody's kind of collaborating in the same place. So there's no really recipe. We're still sort of finding the right cadence for ourselves. So yeah, so there's no like one precise recipe just yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think that's true for most product-led companies. It's so hard to nail that one down because it is such a cross-functional team effort. Awesome. Well, I think that was a really interesting chat. Do you have anything you wanted to add just specifically about like team alignment and how you guys all work together? Um, yeah. The only thing I would say, you know, it's it's very difficult to get it right. And if it's a large team, especially if it's a large team, I would say ClickUp is fairly, at this point, large company, you know, you're not going to get it right in the first time. So just be patient, keep sort of finding what works, what doesn't work it feels like it's always work in progress. So if uh, there's not like a right or wrong answer, you just have to be patient, figure out what works for your team. Yeah. And is that something that you kind of learned from your other experiences when at your other companies that were kind of on a different, you know, journey as, you know, ClickUp started as a product-led company, but the other companies that you worked with, they decided to become product-led or it was like, you know, really beginning. Is that still a sentiment that you felt was really true there? Yeah, absolutely. ServiceNow is 180 different from ClickUp. So, so there are some sort of truisms what, you know, applicable to PLG world, but ultimately 
it's not one size fits all. You need to be mindful of the environment and everyone's sort of background. And you have to make sure, like, you have to adapt and see how it works in that specific culture. Mongo DB, where self-serve picked up and became a huge success, also functioned very different than ClickUp. So again, there are some similarities to certain things, like how do you do X, Y, Z, maybe some executional details might be similar, but as a team, how you operate is definitely not the same. So you, mm-hmm. you definitely need to be mindful and, and what works for one company may not work for another, what works for one team may not work for another team. Yeah, for sure. Which actually just reminded me. So one more question before we can hop off. I'm actually just curious because when at the very, very beginning, you talked about how ClickUp was a, it's moving up into sales. So it's kind of like starts bottom, goes up to sales. How does your team, how does an onboarding team like work with the sales team in terms of, do they help, you know, qualified leads? Do they help you know, they're obviously helping to activate users, but when does it move from that like moment you're activated to becoming a sales to moving it to the sales team? Yeah. So it's a it's a really complex topic. We are in the process. So the traditional sort of onboarding, the product onboarding, we actually very recently revamped it. So it does include some of the questions that can potentially inform our PQL and PQA model. And some of those signals potentially inform the model. But the model itself, lead scoring model is still work in progress. We still try to find the right mix of signals that actually make sense for the leads to move to sales. So that piece is still, the team is still actively working on. I mean, there are a lot of different solutions out there like vendors and, you know, and game mm-hmm. good and others. So we explore sort of different solutions, different options. But uh, going back to your question, the traditional sort of onboarding series, the way we modified it recently, it does include some of the questions that will potentially inform and contribute to the lead scoring model. But it is primarily tailored for the self-serve because at the core is a, is a PLG business. So we don't want to lose that. You know, yeah, for sure. Growth. Yeah, that's definitely really important. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Just one final question is, how can people find out about you? Are you do you have like Twitter, blog, uh, click LinkedIn. Up, click so up LinkedIn. Yeah, and just DM me if you have any questions. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Product-Led Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a colleague or friends you know who might benefit. We are always looking at which episodes get the most listens so we know which content to create more of. So if you want more of this particular type of content or style of episode, please share it out. And in return, here's your selfish reason to do this. Uh, We will definitely create more content just like this episode. (laughs) And if that's not your style, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and tell us your favorite part about this podcast. I personally read every single one of these reviews and it gives me more ideas on what content we should do more of. Happy growing.